Episode 79. Hermione came over and sat down in Parvati's empty chair. She was a bit pink in the face from dancing. Hi, said Harry. Ron didn't say anything. It's hot, isn't it? said Hermione, fanning herself with her hand. Victor's just gone to get some drinks. Ron gave her a withering look. Victor, he said. Hasn't he asked you to call him Vicky yet? Hermione looked at him in surprise. What's up with you? she said. If you don't know, said Ron scathingly, I'm not going to tell you. Hermione stared at him, then at Harry, who shrugged. Ron, what? He's from Durmstrang, spat Ron. He's competing against Harry, against Hogwarts. You're, you're... Ron was obviously casting around for words strong enough to describe Hermione's crime. You're fraternizing with the enemy. That's what you're doing. Hermione's mouth fell open. Don't be so stupid, she said after a moment. The enemy? Honestly, who was the one who was all excited when they saw him arrive? Who was the one who wanted his autograph? Who's got a model of him up in their dormitory? Ron chose to ignore this. I suppose he asked you to come with him while you were both in the library. Yes, he did, said Hermione, the pink patches on her cheeks glowing more brightly. So what? What happened? Trying to get him to join Spew, were you? No, I wasn't. If you really want to know, he he said he'd been coming up to the library every day to try to talk to me, but he hadn't been able to pluck up the courage. Hermione said this very quickly and blushed so deeply that she was the same color as Parvati's robes. Yeah, well, that's his story, said Ron nastily. And what's that supposed to mean? Obvious, isn't it? He's Karkaroff's student, isn't he? He knows who you hang around with. He's just trying to get closer to Harry, get inside information on him, or get near enough to jinx him. Hermione looked as though Ron had slapped her. When she spoke, her voice quivered. For your information... He hasn't asked me one single thing about Harry. Not one. Ron changed tack at the speed of light. Then he's hoping you help him find out what his egg means. I suppose you've been putting your heads together during those cozy little library sessions. I never help him work out that egg, said Hermione, looking outraged. Never. How could you say something like that? I want Harry to win the tournament. Harry knows that, don't you, Harry? You got a funny way of showing it, sneered Ron. This whole tournament's supposed to be about getting to know foreign wizards and making friends with them, said Hermione shrilly. No, it isn't, shouted Ron. It's about winning. People were starting to stare at them. Ron, said Harry quietly, I haven't got a problem with Hermione coming with Crumb, but... Ron ignored Harry, too. Why don't you go and find Vicky? He'll be wondering where you are, said Ron. Don't call him Vicky! Hermione jumped to her feet and stormed off across the dance floor, disappearing into the crowd.
Are you going to ask me to dance at all? Padma asked him. No, said Ron, glaring after Hermione. Fine, snapped Padma, and she got up and went to join Parvati and the Bobatons boy, who conjured up one of his friends to join them so fast that Harry could have sworn he had zoomed him there by a summoning charm. There is Hermonini, said the voice. Crumb had just arrived at their table, clutching two butterbeers. No idea, said Ron mulishly, looking up at him. Lost her, have you? Crumb was looking surly again. Well, if you see her, tell her I have drinks, he said, and he slouched off. Made friends with Victor Crumb, have you, Ron? Percy had bustled over, rubbing his hands together and looking extremely pompous. Excellent! That's the whole point, you know. International magical cooperation. To Harry's annoyance, Percy promptly took Padma's vacated seat. The top table was now empty. Professor Dumbledore was dancing with Professor Sprout, Ludo Bagman with Professor McGonagall, Madame Maxime and Hagrid were cutting a wide path around the dance floor as they waltzed through the students, and Karkaroff was nowhere to be seen. When the next song ended, everybody applauded once more, and Harry saw Ludo Bagman kiss Professor McGonagall's hand and make his way back through the crowds, at which point Fred and George accosted him. What do they think they're doing, annoying senior ministry members, Percy hissed, watching Fred and George suspiciously. No respect. Ludo Bagman shook off Fred and George fairly quickly, however, and spotting Harry waved and came over to their table. I hope my brothers weren't bothering you, Mr. Bagman, said Percy at once. What? Oh, not at all. Not at all, said Bagman. No, they were just... Telling me a bit more about those fake wands of theirs. Wondering if I could advise them on the marketing. I've promised to put them in touch with a couple of contacts of mine at Zonko's Joke Shop. Percy didn't look happy about this at all. And Harry was prepared to bet he would be rushing to tell Mrs. Weasley about it the moment he got home. Apparently... Fred and George's plans had grown even more ambitious lately if they were hoping to sell to the public. Bagman opened his mouth to ask Harry something, but Percy diverted him. How do you feel the tournament's going, Mr. Bagman? Our department's quite satisfied. That hitch with the goblet of fire, he glanced at Harry, was a little unfortunate, of course, but it seems to have gone very smoothly since, don't you think? Oh, yes, said Bagman cheerfully. It's all been enormous fun. How's old Barty doing? Shame he couldn't come. Oh, I'm sure Mr. Crouch will be up and about in no time, said Percy importantly. But in the meantime, I'm more than willing to take up the slack. Of course, it's not all attending balls. Ha 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 ha. Oh no, I've had to deal with all sorts of things that have cropped up in his absence. You heard Ali Bashir was caught smuggling a consignment of flying carpets into the country. And then we've been trying to persuade the Transylvanians to sign the international ban on dueling. I've got a meeting with their head of magical cooperation in the new year. Let's go for a walk, Ron muttered to Harry. Get away from Percy. 
pretending they wanted more drinks. Harry and Ron left the table, edged around the dance floor, and slipped out into the entrance hall. The front doors stood open, and the fluttering fairy lights in the rose garden winked and twinkled as they went down the front steps, where they found themselves surrounded by bushes, winding ornamental paths, and large stone statues. Harry could hear splashing water, which sounded like a fountain. Here and there, people were sitting on carved benches. He and Ron set off along one of the winding paths through the rose bushes, but they had gone only a short way when they heard an unpleasantly familiar voice. Don't see what there is to fuss about, Igor. Severus, you cannot pretend this isn't happening. Kakarov's voice sounded anxious and hushed, as though keen not to be overheard. It's been getting clearer and clearer for months. I am becoming seriously concerned. I can't deny it. Then flee, said Snape's voice curtly. Flee. I will make your excuses. I, however, am remaining at Hogwarts. Snape and Kakarov came around the corner. Snape had his wand out and was blasting rose bushes apart, his expression most ill-natured. Squeals issued from many of the bushes and dark shapes emerged from them. Ten points from Hufflepuff, Fawcett, Snape snarled as a girl ran past him, and ten points from Ravenclaw, too, Stebbins, as a boy went rushing after her. And what are you two doing? he added, catching sight of Harry and Ron on the path ahead.